Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Ken's really taking the day off as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Thursday night, what's up? Joe DiBiase here on WGR 550. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, a great sports season. I've always, I've said it, this is my favorite time of year to be a sports fan, even when my teams aren't in it. I mean, the Sabres would be playing in it right now anyway if things were going good, but can't get that. NBA playoffs have been fun this year. NHL playoffs have been fun. I'm enjoying them. And, uh, of course, the draft. I think I had a tweet last month or a thought last month that April is the best sports month of the year. And that came through oh, um, amazingly. All of it. The NCAA tournament was good. It was okay, actually. This year it was okay. But you still got that into April. Tiger won the Masters in April. The NHL playoffs first round in April and into the second round. The NBA playoffs first round. Like There was some drama this year, at least a little bit this season. Not nearly as much as the NHL, but more than usual for the the uh, NBA. I mean, the Warriors went to six games with a team that no one's ever heard anybody from their team, the Clippers. Um, the draft, like it was a great month. And now we're into May, and it's nice. We get the PGA Championship this year, so that's a little something. We get, you know, the conference finals in both sports in the NBA and the NHL. Uh, the finals generally get it going about the end of May, so this is a, it's a decent sports month, May. It doesn't quite stack up to April, but it's it's close. It's close in my mind. October is uh, number two, probably. Um, so, Bill's still on the mind, uh, kind of still on the heels of the draft. We'll do a little bit on the NHL coaching search, the Sabres coaching search in our number two. There's really not much going on there, it seems like. I my, Quick thought on that before we get dive into the Bills. I think there's a chance this drags out all month. Because, you know, Gronberg, if, that, if that's a real thing, if that's a real idea that Jason Bottrell is seriously considering, that's not a conventional hire and it's not a conventional candidate. So the mechanics of that might work differently timing-wise and meeting face-to-face. I mean, maybe they would have just said, hey, you're number one on our list and we know you want to coach here. We're not going to do anything until we meet in person. But guess what? We're both going to be in Slovakia for the World Championships in May. So we're just going to wait till then, and we'll meet face-to-face then, and maybe we'll get something done. Who knows? Because that seems like that would work that way. Gronberg's over in Europe. Is he going to come all the way over here just to interview when he's going to be in the same city as Jason Bottrell in two, three weeks? So I wonder if that could be something that's happening. Um, Just trying to figure out why we're kind of waiting here. 
Chris Taylor doesn't seem like a thing that's going to happen. Jacques Martin, you hope, isn't a thing that's going to happen. So maybe that, something like that's in the works, that they want to wait to talk to Gronberg in person, and the best place to do that might be at the World Championships. So to me, if they get to the World Championships and they still don't have a hire, and Bottrell's overseas, that's going to make me think even more that Ricard Gronberg might be a real serious idea for the Sabres. But until then, I'm thinking Dave Tippett's probably the leader in the clubhouse. But like I said, we'll get more in-depth than that. Uh, later in the show. Bills are on my mind. I got an article up at WGR550.com kind of going over their slate of quarterbacks that they play in 2019. I talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show. They don't play almost any of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. The top half of the league in, uh, quarterback-wise. They play Brady twice. They play Roethlisberger. And they play Carson Wentz. And that's kind of it. They don't play Patrick Mahomes. They don't play Russell Wilson. They don't play Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson. They don't play Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers. There's just so many good quarterbacks. The Bills don't have to worry about playing this season. So I did a little more in-depth on that. The quarterbacks the Bills play this year combined for a record of 99-112-1 last season. That's pretty bad. That averages out to be about a 7-win team, 7-8 wins, somewhere in between there. So, not too daunting when you're looking at it from that perspective. And then when you break it down individual by individual and you look at it, QBR is what I used. ESPN does their QBR stats, essentially passer rating, but it's a little more in-depth. It's a little more specific to, you know, what what's that, like situationally, what's happening for the quarterback. They won't, QBR doesn't necessarily penalize a guy for throwing a pick on a 4th and 20 with a game on the line because they know he got to throw it up. So it's a, it's a better stat than passer rating. And they play only two guys, three guys, that are ranked inside the top 15. That's it. La- from last year. Roethlisberger ranked fourth in QBR last year. Brady ranked sixth. And then you had, who's next after that? Uh, Carson Wentz at 12. But then there's, there's Dalton at 15. And then the, here's like the quarterbacks the Bills play this year. Prescott at 17. Flacco, 18. Mariota, 19. Mayfield, 23. You definitely expect that to jump up, but Mayfield, 23. Uh, Eli, 25. Darnold, 28. Keenum, 29. Lamar Jackson, 31. Rosen, 33. They, they play a lot of quarterbacks that were not good last year. Now, the other part of that, too, though, is what's one thing that a lot of those quarterbacks at the end there had in common? They were rookies. So the Bills play every first-round quarterback from last year other than Allen obviously because he's here and you'd expect is it fair to expect two or three of those guys to really like take a big leap forward kind of like we're hoping Allen's going to maybe two at the very least Mayfield you know is going to take a leap forward and then uh, probably three because Darnold definitely I think possesses that ability Um, I think him and Allen are like neck and neck right now in terms of their development and their status in the league and then a little bit lower maybe is Lamar Jackson, and then lower than that is Josh Rosen. So those guys could also take big steps forward, uh, and for the Bills' sake, you hope they don't, especially since Rosen's now in the division. But like that, you're, you're playing a lot of inexperience. You're playing a lot of average. You're playing a lot of averageness. Even the veterans you play, it's Flacco. And it's Keenum, maybe, unless Dwayne Haskins is in. That's the other thing. You can play a couple rookies this year. Daniel Jones could be in by week two for the Giants. Um, 
Dwayne Haskins could be in. I think he, I would guess he's in for the Redskins by week nine. They love him. And then, yeah, even Daniel Jones, or not Daniel Jones, I already mentioned him. Uh, Drew Locke in Denver. You play the Broncos week 12, Flacco struggles. You might be seeing Drew Locke. And to me, that's another positive looking at their schedule. Sean McDermott had this defense last year, second overall in the league in total defense. And that was with a really tough schedule, especially when it came to what I've been talking about here, quarterbacks. Last year, first half of the season, they played a bunch of guys. They were really tough. They played Brady. They played Luck. They played Watson. They played Rivers. They played Rodgers. That was all in the first half of last season. And McDermott still had, and the Bills still ended up finishing second in total defense. So to me, even though defense is kind of fluky in some aspects, like it's tough to maintain an elite defense year after year after year. The Seahawks did it. Um with the Legion of Boom and Richard Sherman and all those guys. But other than that, like no one really has kept it consistent. Even the Broncos had that historically good defense, and they took a step back after they won the Super Bowl. The Jaguars two years ago had the best defense in football. They took a big step back last year. So I might want to think that it's going to be tough for the Bills to maintain the level that they did on defense last season, even though they added at Oliver. But maybe any regression might get balanced out just by the fact that you play an easy schedule. Um, if you just miss Warren Sharp, we played that back from Shopin the Bulldog earlier just a little bit ago, he projects that the Bills will have the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. Okay, so we know they improved. Free agency, much more talent on the offense. You would expect the offense to jump way up from 30th and way up from what they were the first half of last year, historically bad offense. Now they've got some guys. They've got John Brown and Cole Beasley and Tyler Croft and Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary and Frank Gorley. A bunch of guys. They brought in a ton. The entire offensive line is going to be new. Cover one on Twitter earlier today. If you didn't check it out, a great tweet. They had five different combinations for what the Bills' offensive line could be at the start of 2019. And all of them are just way, way different than what we saw last season. Like isn't that, That's pretty rare that an offensive line is so bad that everybody's different, except for Deion Dawkins, probably, going into 2019. So, all that's happened. All that change has happened, and that's a lot. That brings optimism because it's at least different. Like, it can't go down from where you were, right? So, they're going to be at least somewhat better on offense. Couple that with the point I just made about the defense and their schedule and the quarterbacks they play. I think it's hard for me to see them regressing on defense, even though generally you should expect that from teams. So the defense should still be really good. The offense should be improved. They won six games with a tough schedule last year and almost no talent on one side of their football. That leads me to, all right, playoffs. That's realistic. They could they could absolutely do that. And... In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, like we did the poll yesterday on my Twitter account. How con- or It was two days ago maybe. How confident are you that the Bills are going to make the playoffs? And the most popular range was between 50 and 75% confident that they're going to make it. And I was sitting on 45%. Nate Geary was on. He said 60. And I think I'm backing off 45, even though, like even in the past couple days, doing this research I did in this article for the quarterbacks, and all the offensive change, I took a step back when I heard Warren Sharp today. Because he brought up a point I haven't really thought about. And we would have got to it eventually, but 
all the talk because the draft just happened, free agency just happened, has been on the Bills specifically, right? They got better. But then once you do look around at the other divisions, and I hadn't thought about the other teams yet, and what the playoff picture could look like, what that playoff race could look like in 2019, like who's going to be in it, who's threatening you, and who do you just who don't you have to worry about? And to me, it's worrisome that I think I can only count three teams in the AFC right now that I just don't think I got to worry about at all. I don't think I got to worry about the Broncos. I know they had Flacco, but their defense is not as nearly as great as it used to be, and they still don't have that much talent on offense. And Flacco's not that good. He's okay at best. And he's in his 30s. Like, I'm not expecting much from the Broncos this year. Plus, Vic Fanjo, like, that's a head coaching hire that just does not inspire me at all. At all. And then I got the Raiders. I don't think I got to worry about them. They got Antonio Brown, sure, but the defense is just dreadful. The offensive line is a complete mess. Um, they got a rookie running back, which maybe like that's optimistic. You hope that works out, but you don't know. There's a lot of unknown there, and the known part is bad, I think, for the Raiders. So I don't think I got to worry about them. Plus, I kind of think John Gruden's kind of a buffoon at this point. He's just hiring TV guys all over the place. I don't even know. His football department just might be him and Mike Mayock yelling back and forth at each other. Or maybe Gruden's bossing him around. I don't know. So I don't think i got to worry about the Raiders. I don't have to worry about the Dolphins. No way. They're tanking. If they're not tanking, well, they look like they are. They're going to be bad. That's three teams in the AFC. So I looked at the betting lines. Thought about this a little bit. What are the Bills? Who do the Bills have to beat out? And how many of those teams do they really have to beat out? Like, what do the, the group of teams look like that they're going to have to be better than? And it's not that, it's pretty hard. So, right now, the division favorites in the AFC East are new, or in the AFC, are the Patriots, no surprise there. The Chiefs, you know, not really a big surprise there. Maybe that line would have been affected a little bit with Tyreek Hill probably getting suspended. Uh, and the Chargers existing there, but the Chiefs are the favorites. Cleveland's the favorite in the AFC North, deservedly so. They've had one of the best off seasons I think we've seen in years. I mean, Odell Beckham, that that guy's going to be unbelievable for them this year. That that combo, like Beckham's finally got a quarterback, and Mayfield's got one of the best receivers in football, probably the best receiver in football um, when he's healthy. So Cleveland deserves that AFC North favorite. Colts are the AFC South favorite right now, barely, um, and I think that's fair. I mean, they were on fire last year. I predicted them to make the playoffs after a really rough start. And Luck had an insanely good year. They made it. Their defense is a lot better now. They drafted two All-Pros last season. They like they have some real talent evaluators in there now. Like Ryan Grigson, I think, used to be their GM. Is he there now? The, the, their previous GM, I think, was Ryan Grigson. And just so many bad moves. And Andrew Luck just kept lifting them up and lifting them up. Now that they've actually got some... Real talent evaluators, a really good coach in Frank Reich, and like a lot of talent. Like the Colts should be really good for a few years here, I think. So those are your four division winners. Let's just let's just assume that's going to happen, because that's fair to expect. Cleveland and India and Kansas City are definitely up in the air, but yeah, they they deserve to be favored. So Patriots, Chiefs, Browns, Colts. I'm just going to pencil them into the playoffs right now because that's what the betting favorites are, and I think it's realistic. They're in. All right, two wildcard spots up for grabs. You want the Bills to make the playoffs? You're optimistic about them. Josh Allen's going to have a big step forward. Um, how do they make it? You got to 
I'm even going to give everyone here the Bills being better than the Jets, finishing ahead of the Jets. They'd still have to beat out all but one of these teams. Chargers, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Texans, Jaguars, Titans. All but one of them. And that is where I'm starting to hesitate on thinking that this team's going to be a playoff team. The Chargers are dynamite. They could have a down year like they did two years ago with a bunch of talent, but that's that year seemed fluky to me, the year the Bills made it for the Chargers. So I think I'm expecting them to make it. Pittsburgh, you're hopeful they take a step back, but I'm not too sure about that. I think James Conner is going to be just as good as Le'Veon Bell was. Um, dude was a first-round talent before he had uh, leukemia, I think, in college. I think that's what he had. might be wrong on that, but I think so. And he proved last year why he was a first-round talent that went in the third round. So I think Pittsburgh is going to be probably fine, but there, I guess there's a chance that they'll take a step back. Baltimore Baltimore's the one team here that's getting respect from the lines and the odds that I don't really – I don't think they're all that great. There's not a ton of dynamic ability around there. Like, they added Hollywood Brown. I like that. I like Lamar Jackson enough, but – like it's it's Mark Ingram and their offensive line is good but maybe not great maybe it is great and then their defense was number one in the league last year so that like that's another thing their recipe is kind of what I think the Bills recipe is but the Bills have the schedule going in their favor the Bills want to be really good on defense this year and they want to maintain being second in the league well I'm sure the Ravens want to maintain being first in the league they don't have the schedule the Bills do so I think you could see some regression on that Baltimore defense and I don't like their offense enough to think that that's going to keep up. So I think I can see the Bills finishing ahead of the Ravens for sure. But I can't see them finishing ahead of the Chargers. And I think you're going to have to work really hard to be better than the Steelers. So that's three teams in. Cincinnati, if Josh Allen progresses and develops, you should be better than Cincinnati. Um, Houston, we'll see what that offensive line is. If they can't block for Deshaun Watson, I don't know how long they're going to last. But they've certainly got the talent to make the playoffs. They've been making it year after year. They can't do anything once they're there. But they've been making it. And they've got a lot of talent in their defense, depending on what happens with Jadavian Clowney. Like, we'll see if he's playing there next year. But they've got some stud talent there. Houston, you're going to have to do a really good job to be better than the Texans. The Jaguars, I really love the Jaguars this year. I think that defense could absolutely bounce back. They still got tons and tons of skilled, skilled linebackers and pass rushers and defensive backs. Like, every aspect of their defense has studs at it. And now they have a quarterback that's, listen, Nick Foles, is he the quarterback he was in that one year with Chip Kelly or that he was with the Super Bowls? He might be. If you take out the Jeff Fisher years in Nick Foles' career, he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's elite, but I do think he's above-average, and I think that's an insanely big upgrade over what they had in Blake Bortles. Because that dude was throwing it off the sides of of his linemen's heads. So, I think the Jaguars are going to get better. I might even pick them to make the playoffs. I think that they'd be the team I'd pick. I really like Jacksonville this year. Um, I'm, I don't think everybody does, but I love Jacksonville this year. They right now would be the team I would pick to be the second wild card spot, and even over Pittsburgh. And then the Titans, who, again, like I would almost group them with Baltimore and Cincinnati. Like I'd expect them to be in the race, but if the Bills are going to make the playoffs and be like a really good team, then they should be better than the Titans. And they should be better than the Ravens, and they should be better than the Bengals. And I would think 
already the Bills are going to be better than Baltimore, or not Baltimore, Oakland, Denver, and Miami, like I already said. So that's what your picture looks like. You got to be better than maybe Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Oakland, Denver, and Miami. That's a tough task. And by the way, all of that is me giving the Bills being better than the Jets, which is definitely up in the air too. Because even though the Bills have the fifth easiest schedule in the league, as Warren Sharp said earlier on the station, the Jets have, he has the Jets with the second easiest schedule in the league. So they've kind of got that same thing going for them. Um, it's In that battle, it's probably just going to come down to who's better between Allen and Darnold. So we'll see. I'm completely 50-50 on what's going to happen there. They might both end up being really good and just as good as each other. That could happen. I might even predict that to happen. Like My guess at this point would be Allen and Darnold both become really good quarterbacks and maybe would be like one step below how good Mayfield is, but a step above Jackson and Rosen. I think that's kind of how the way it's trending, but we'll see. It's only been one season. Um, but like this team, man, for them to make the playoffs, kind of referring back to the article that I wrote on our website about their easy slate of quarterbacks, you know how they make the playoffs? They make the playoffs if they finally have something that they have not had in my lifetime, that they have not had since Jim Kelly. And that is an advantage at quarterback against almost every team you're playing. That's how you make it. Can Allen be better than those other quarterbacks from last year's draft class? Can he be better than Jackson and Rosen and Darnold and Mayfield? Can he do that? Can he be, even this year, can he be better than the veteran guys you play? Can he be better than Flacco and Dalton and Mariota? Because if you just give me that, he's at least above average at that point. And if if he does that with all these tools, if he uses Cole Beasley and John Brown effectively, and he looks a lot better with more time in the pocket with a better offensive line, and he just comes out next year and he's better than the Mariotas and the Daltons of the world, and he progresses more than those rookies, then then I'm really feeling optimistic because then you're looking at the Bills' schedule and you're thinking, hey, I'm going to have the quarterback advantage in every single game except New England, Pittsburgh, and maybe the Eagles. And that would be a really good starting point uh, for the Bills going into the next couple years here because they're going to have to start making playoff appearances if this whole thing's going to work. 8030550 is the phone number for what you think about that. Um, like I said, check out my article at WGR550.com and the Bills pulling an easy slate of quarterbacks. Uh, we'll read through some of your texts and reaction to what I just said here uh, at 550-550 and some tweets as well at Sneaky Joe WGR. Play a couple of uh, interviews back today, including Doug Farrar, USA Today. A lot of good stuff on the Bills draft picks. Um, Dawson Knox especially was kind of the story of the day on One Bills Live. Um, you, the fans, voted him as the most likely day two or day three player to produce the most this year for the Bills, and I kind of like that. I, like, I've like i shown a lot of love for Devin Singletary, but that's more of a future outlook. Like Dawson Knox has me intrigued for this year, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit too, um, but mostly on the Bills' uh, playoff picture here. Like, are they? Anyone want to rethink how confident they are? Let me know. 803-0550 is the phone number. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Of the postseason, I mean, I'm never going to worry about the other team. 
uh, we can handle punches. We've all taken them at some point, you know, and it's just part of the game. But that is is not part of the game, I will say. And uh, but we're just going to go about playing the game the right way and, and doing what we need to do to, to win hockey. Games. Nick Foligno, Buffalo native, right? I think. Yes, Buffalo native. I assume because I knew Marcus was from here. That's him talking about Brad Marchand, the dirtbag himself. Is that too strong? Sorry. Um, Bruins and <laughs> Blue Jackets just about to get underway. Uh, and we'll keep you updated on that score throughout the course of tonight's action. Um, are, is anyone not rooting for the Blue Jackets? Like I was rooting for the Bruins. I'm almost regretting that now because it gave Marshawn an opportunity to do something else that made me mad. It made everyone cringe. But, um, yeah, I was rooting for them in Game 7 against Toronto. I'm still glad that happened, I think. But I'm so done with them. Get, get them out of here. Can Columbus just go up 3-1 and just bury them? And just, like, I, I need some of these teams that I don't like to get out of here. Columbus, do your do your work. Get Boston out of here. Carolina, go home. Dallas, no one needs you. Who needs you? Like, God. those are the three teams that eh, maybe they're supplying some rooting interest for me. So I guess there is that. But I can't stand any of those three teams, especially Carolina and Boston. And that could end up being the Eastern Conference Finals, which would suck. And that's why I'm really hoping. The Blue Jackets will win. The Islanders just have no, don't have a prayer. It's just not going to happen. They don't have the firepower. They basically, if Robin Leonard's got to stand on his header, they don't really have a chance to win. But Carolina doesn't necessarily have the super stud offensive players either, but they're deeper in that respect, and they have a way better blue line, and you know their goaltending's holding up. Like That's the biggest question with them. Will McElhaney and Mrazek give them enough? And they have to this point. I think at some point, those two guys might falter, and that'll be their downfall. But Carolina is going to... They're just a better team than the Islanders. I think they'll lose to whoever they play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Especially if it's Columbus. Columbus is really a good roster when you look at it. Like, they were an 8 seed, but... Like, that's hockey, I guess. They were an 8 seed, but they don't look like one on paper. You look at their top six, and you've got Matt Duchesne in there... And you've got uh, Artemi Panarin, who is just a beast. And Nick Foligno is a really good player. Cam Atkinson, we know, is a really good player. Saber Hero. And the blue line, too. Like th- So fun to watch Seth Jones, and I love watching Zach Wierenski. I-, I made a bunch of like stupid, probably trade like jokes about Zach Wierenski. Like, at one point, I said I wanted to trade, I think, two first-round picks and Jeff Skinner for Zach Wierenski, because that's what I think of Zach Wierenski. I think he's already a top-10 defenseman in the league, and I think he's going to be a Norris Trophy winner. Multiple Norris Trophy winner by the end of his career. Like, he is going to be a stud. He's already a stud. And he's going to be even better. Um, and he's got Seth Jones right next to him. It's kind of the same thing. Like, those two make for one of the best combos in the league on defense. So, it's a treat watching them. Uh, I'm glad they're still in it. And Bobrovsky, too. Like, he deserves some credit here because he's been bad in the playoffs in the past couple seasons. And this year, like, he's definitely turned it around. He's playing as well as he usually does in the regular season. Uh, but this year in the playoffs, Brandon Dubinsky's on that team too. Like they've got some other guys; they're pretty deep. Um, Bobrovsky, we've we've had this conversation a little bit. Like, no one wants to try that on for size, right? 
the the thought process there for me is, and I'm I mean for the Sabers, uh, my thought process there is even though it's not really smart to do with your cap to pay a goalie that much, and he's going to be 30 years old, he is not the best, but one of the best goalies in the NHL year after year after year after year. And the Blue Jackets, a franchise that could not do anything for the first 15 years of their existence, suddenly are consistently in the playoffs because of Sergei Bobrovsky and how good he is. And you don't want to build your team from the net out, I get that. And you're not really doing that because Darlene and Eichel are here, but it would like it would put the Sabres right in it, right in the thick of things. You wouldn't have to th- worry about them being one of the worst teams in the league anymore. You would not have games at the end of a season where you have to debate, oh, do I want them to lose tonight because I kind of want the fourth pick instead of the sixth pick? Like You don't have to have that conversation if you just go out and sign Sergei Bobrovsky and you be reckless with your money. And that's generally a bad thing to do, be reckless with it, but it would be fun, I think. And it would it would improve the Sabers on the short term. So I I wonder if they would think about that. I don't. I'm guessing they wouldn't. Um, Hutton's under contract on a good deal. He's not great, but he's under contract, and it's a good value. And Allmark left wanting, but he's young too. You could also hope for him. I, I think really the biggest reason the Sabers would not even go near that, like paying a goalie like that, right now. It's not. Olmark or Hutton. It's not the guys on the team. It's Lukanen. I think that's what would keep them from not even considering it. Because Lukanen, last I checked, I think Hockey News had him as the number one goalie prospect in the world and maybe top 20 uh, prospect in the world like at any position. So his presence in the organization, even though he's having hip surgery, I'm not too worried about that. Like Remember, Olmark had double hip surgery. So I don't think you'd have to worry about whether that's going to affect his development. Um, it'll stunt it for a few months, but so he's not going to get a chance to play here in Buffalo to start next season, but he's coming to Rochester and like he, I think you can expect him, given the caliber of prospect he is, to like be a guy that they're planning on, and they're planning on being a starter. My brother have and me have this argument a lot because when we were growing up, it was it was Miller and Baron. Like I was a kid in 05, 06, and like 10, 11 years old, and he was like nine or ten, and we, we like you pick favorites, right? Especially on good teams, it was so easy to pick favorites. Like, Max Finneganoff was always my favorite player. Um, and I always liked the Lesh Kodalik. And, like, you you pick your favorites. And I loved Ryan Miller. But my brother loved Marty Baran. And that was always kind of a, a constant back and forth. Because remember that first year where Miller was a rookie and he kind of took hold of the starting job, there was a stretch, I think, in there where Marty Baran won 15 games in a row, something like that. Like, he wanted some torrid stretch. And me and him were always arguing about that. And I told him even the other day, like, I bet you this Allmark Lukanen dynamic here and like what they are in the organization could end up being almost like what Baran and Miller was once upon a time. And by that I mean like Baran, after Hashik left, was the starter. And he was young and like he was a guy that was good, but maybe not like one of the best in the league. And here comes this other top prospect goaltender through the organization. It's like, all right, Marty's good, but we're, we're going to we're going to Miller. And I wonder if like that's kind of like the difference between an Olmark and a Lukanen. Olmark is starting to seem like to me a type of goalie that will never really reach like top ten status. Like he'll never be a Vesna candidate in the league, but you can definitely see him being a starter. 
Maybe he won't be on one team, but like he'll be a starter in the league. Like I wonder if that's what Allmark is setting up for here in his career. Whereas Lukanen, on the other hand, like it seems like it's something higher than that. Because Allmark was never getting recognition like Lukanen was for one of the top goalie prospects in the world. So I wonder if that's kind of what this is trending towards. Like Allmark being a starter in the NHL, whereas maybe Lukanen has got the talent to be like a top ten, like Vesna candidate, maybe wins a Vesna or two in his career type of netminder. And I think that is the type of guy that would keep you from looking elsewhere, like even going near an idea like as massive as Sergei Bobrovsky. So that's my thought on that. I just went on a little uh, stretch here on goaltending that I did not think was going to happen. Um, so we'll take a timeout now, and we'll get back into the Bills because I want to get back into that. The, dra- the draft is still fresh on my mind. Expectations are still fresh on my mind. I went through in the last segment a lot of like the playoff picture and like who they're going to be competing with. Quarterback schedule looks really easy this year. If you want more information on that, I got something up on our website at WGR550.com. 803-0550 for your thoughts. I'll read through some texts and tweets. I promised that before, and I didn't get to it. Um, so I'll read through some of your comments in the last uh, 20 minutes here um, when we come back. It's the Nightcap with Jody Biasi here on WGR. You guys have the fifth easiest schedule, so that is something positive, but you're talking about winning enough games to make the wild card, and the Jets are a team that's second easiest schedule in the league, and I think some of the teams at the very top are going to fall down. The question is how far will they fall? And if you look at the Chiefs and they don't have Tyreek, that team is going to fall a little bit. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that is likely to take a slight step back, but it's like the second place teams in those both of those divisions are still both very good. Warren Sharp, if you missed that, check it out. Radio.com, WGR550.com, Radio.com app, I should say. Well, you can probably find it at Radio.com, too. Uh, Warren Sharp with Mike and Chris, showing the Bulldog earlier today. And super good from him. Like he's, I think he's, he's the type of analyst that's going to be working for a team one day. And maybe someday soon. That happens once in a while. So I'm like the guest booker for the show. His little window into the into the back room here, and like that happens once in a while. Like Zach Robinson, this happened with. He's a pro was a pro football focus analyst, former quarterback at Oklahoma State, and loved him. Loved getting him on the show for quarterback analysis, especially uh, when the draft was coming up, and also Josh Allen and his development. And like he's off the board now because they're the Rams. They hired him. He was at Pro Football Focus, and now I think he's the assistant quarterback coach for the Rams. I don't think he's the actual quarterback coach. I think he's the assistant quarterback coach. I might be wrong on that, but he's definitely on the Rams coaching staff. So, I, like, Warren Sharp strikes me as a guy who's going to be working in someone's analytical department at some point. Bill should get on that. See if he wants to move up to Buffalo. I'm not even sure where he is, man. So, but that would be a neat idea. 550-550 is the text line at SneakyJoeWGR on Twitter. And one interesting uh, thing I just saw come across in my timeline was from Josh. Josh says he's been texting random Boston numbers, trying to get a response. And his texts have been to the bo- like. I'm assuming he just does this random numbers after an area code. This is a text. Hey, Buffalo Bills fan here. Just letting you know the Patriots about to get the works from Josh Allen this year. We hope Brady likes Ed Oliver. Hashtag Bills Mafia. And he started to get some responses. That's uh, Josh on Twitter. That's, that's super funny. Um, some tweets and texts on the uh, 
Well, the uh, Bills and the QBR thing about who they're playing this year quarterback-wise and how easy it's going to be. Um, as crazy as it sounds, I believe the least resistance to playoffs is winning the division. That's from Mike on the text line. And I think that's crazy. I, I, do I dare go there? Do I dare even say it? Do I even speculate it? Brady. Like, do I even bother? He's 40 what? Whatever. He's 40, I don't even know. He's he's 100 in my mind, which means he's going to live forever. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I, can't, I don't think you can say the division is even possible until he takes a massive step back. And he is not, I'll give him this, Brady's not the best quarterback in football anymore. So there's been some sort of regression. I mean, last year I did the QBR thing and who the Bills play, and he was sixth. Last year he was sixth in the league in QBR. And that's probably where I'd about rank him right about now. So, like, he's not the number one quarterback in football, but he's still super good to elite. And, like, is there a guy that when it comes to playoff time that you just – even now, that Super Bowl against the Rams, like, he's going to get one. You just know what's going to happen. Now, the Patriots did overachieve, I think, on defense in that playoffs, except for that one half against the Chiefs. So, there is that. Like, he he got some help, but no, until we see Brady take a massive step back, which I cannot even, I don't have the courage to predict that's going to happen, the division's not up for grabs. There's no way. Um, That's a good good text, though. I like that. We've got, I had another really good tweet that I want to get to before we take a break. Eli, here we go. I'm looking to bet the over on the Bills and the under on the Jets. I see a chance to win up to 10 games. No way in hell Jets win more games than the Bills. I think both teams are going to be right near the playoffs. Like the other thing the Jets, the Jets have going for them, they have the second easiest schedule in the league. They might not even have to be really good. Similar with the Bills. I don't think the Bills have to be the best team in the league. The Blue Jackets are getting a penalty shot right here. Marshawn with a trip. And Boston got the save. So it's one nothing Bruins, by the way. It's your NHL playoff scoring update. It's brought to you by Fiegel and Carr, your border attorneys. Um, anyways, on that on that tweet, like Jets and Bills is gonna be a close one. I know they only won a few games last year, but don't discount them. The same way Jets fans probably shouldn't discount the Bills. I bet that's happening on both sides. I bet Jets fans are thinking we're gonna be in the playoff race and we're definitely gonna be better than the Bills. And I bet Bills fans are thinking like a lot of them, we're going to be in the playoff race. We're going to be better than the Jets. And I think it's going to be really close. That Week 17 matchup might end up being, like, can you imagine Week 17, Bills-Jets? Is that home? It would be home. Bills-Jets, Week 17. And it's for the playoffs. And it's on Sunday Night Football. Because remember, they leave that open. That's a dream scenario. We'd all take that right now, right? 100%. I don't even have to put a poll up. Like Everyone would take that. Bills host the Jets on Sunday Night Football Week 17 to go to the playoffs. That might even be 8 wins. That might be 8-7. and seven. It probably would be 9-6, and six, given how good the conference looks this year. But, yeah, don't, don't discount. I'm just, I'm just cautioning you. Don't discount the Jets. I, I like what they've done, and uh, I like what they, they've got going on. Um... A lot of people on Twitter want me to put the Raiders in over the Bengals as, like, a team that 
I shouldn't discount. And I don't know, man. Like the Bengals are just every year like in like they become what the Bills used to be, like in the hunt. I feel like with Dalton. Um, so like, and they have a new coach. Like I want to see what that is. Zach Taylor or like I want to. I respect that that hire, and. I, I want to see that through I, I, before I make a judgment on how good the Bengals are. Like I know what John Gruden is, we know what Derek Carr is. Antonio Brown's going to make some sort of difference there, but not enough. So like I'm not worried about the Raiders. The Bengals, there's a chance that that could be something good. I'm not expecting it to be, but there's a chance because they got a young, innovative coach. So you never know. Um, and same thing with Denver. Like Denver, I think I know what they are, so I'm not worried. 803050 is the phone number. We'll do lots of draft in the next hour. I want to play back Doug Farrar. If you missed that on One Bills Live, he had a lot of good stuff on the Bills draft picks. Optimistic look at Dawson Knox, which has me thinking about maybe what he could do for the Bills at tight end. So we'll play that back in hour number two. A little bit on the Sabres coach search as well, and we will keep you updated on the NHL playoffs. The Bruins just took a 2-0 lead. So Blue Jackets had a penalty shot to tie it. They missed right after. Bruins make it 2-0. Uh, Columbus leads that series 2-1, and they're still in period one. It's the nightcap. Jody Biasi, hour number two, on the way next here on WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.